presented by the Hockey Shop, Sorcerer Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. This is In Goal Radio, the podcast. I'm Darren Millard, along with the co-founders of In Goal Magazine, David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. Hello to everybody around the hockey world, goaltenders specifically, and another great interview today regarding uh, the tough times and the good times uh, that a goaltender can experience, and sometimes they're at the same time. Zach Vacali is going to join us with our feature interview presented by Sensorina, and we'll also have our gear segment, a special Christmas edition with Cam over at the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, uh, over in uh, Source for Sports in Surrey. And uh, this is a great one because there's all kinds of little gift ideas that can be both under the tree and stocking stuffers. As we wait for the world to get back to normal, big progress, big moves uh, on the uh, vaccination front as we keep inching towards that. But uh, in the reality of it, uh, we're not going to be back to normal quite around the corner. So in that vein, Woody and Hutch, let's go sort of around North America when it comes to what's happening on the hockey world and the Canadian Hockey League in particular, uh, starting to try to figure out what they're going to do, what it's going to do with its three leagues uh, when it comes to the new year, Woody. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. Obviously, Darren, you're you're probably actually even more up to date than this on this than I am. But like Quebec shutting down, now coming up with new plans that may not look what the same as what they've been trying to do for the past little while. Sounds like delays with the other leagues in Ontario uh, and the WHL, and then obviously how all of this plays out at the World Juniors uh, coming up at the end of the month with Hockey Canada in the midst of a, a two week quarantine, all those kids stuck in the hotel room now through early next week. Yeah, it's it's incredible right now. Uh, the Quebec League has taken a break. They're going to come back after the holidays and aim for about the third week of January with uh, secure tournaments. And they're going to gather a couple of teams in one location and try to play two or three games in a short period of time and then go back to uh, their own location. Uh, the Western Hockey League was supposed to start in early January. A couple of big meetings uh, underway, uh, have taken place already. And it sounds like they're going to move off that and go to, uh, an early February type, uh, situation. They're playing all within their divisions and the Ontario hockey league's really up in the air. Uh, uh, Hutch and, and Woody, the, the world junior championship though. I mean, team Canada doesn't end their quarantine until Monday. Uh, and we're talking what that's the seventh, the eighth and and that's incredible because they've been off the ice for 14 days and Hutch, they, they have to go right back into another quarantine. So they got to get a lot done with picking a team in a short period of time. I talked to one uh, person inside the hockey world and said, it's a really complicated situation, not just uh, for the forwards and the defensemen, but picking goaltenders. Probably doubly so, isn't it? Because they haven't had any game action to, to see what these guys can do. And, uh, and let's not forget, compared to some of the other countries, these guys haven't been playing for the most part. Um, some of the guys from the Quebec League have been right. playing a bit, but uh, but uh, for the most part, these guys have have just not been playing at all. So yeah, very difficult situation for for the Canadians. And let's not forget, guys, um, we're sort of Canadian centric because of where we're recording from. But uh, USA Hockey also announced their camp roster for the World Juniors uh, recently, and uh, Dustin Wolf, Spencer Knight from Boston College, and Drew Camesso from Boston University. Uh, are the three goaltenders named to that camp and presumably uh, to the team. 
And little in-goal bump there for two of them, right? Uh, Dustin Wolf and Spencer Knight, both uh, in-goal radio podcast past guests. So um, congratulations to them. A couple of really bright prospects. We don't know Drew all that well, but heard lots of good things there too. And I I mean, it's interesting because right now with Hockey Canada and, and the situation they face, like I don't know even when they make their decision, like we're not talking about household names yet here with the five guys they've got to choose from. And not that that necessarily matters, um, but you got a couple of later round picks and then some guys that, you know, in Taylor Goche, who wasn't drafted in his two times through the draft, you take a look and compare that to Spencer Knight, uh, who was uh, you know first round pick of the Florida Panthers. Uh, you take a look at that and you compare it to Askarov coming from Russia, picked 11th overall, past Knight, who was 13th the year before, uh, in this draft to the Nashville Predators. Take a look at Sweden. Uh, with Hugo Alm, is it Almafelt? I always screw that one up. Tampa Bay Lightning high prospect. And they've got likely the number one goalie for next year's draft right behind him and Jesper Wallstadt, who, despite not even being eligible for the NHL draft, just pitched a shutout in the Swedish Hockey League top level in Sweden um, just this week. And then Finland uh, with Blomquist, there's a goaltender that I've had some guys in the NHL believe might actually be better then Askarov, who's one of the highest touted prospects we've seen in years in goal. So at a time when Hockey Canada has a tough time deciding uh, because there is no clear-cut number one, a lot of these other favorite countries are coming into this tournament with one, and in a lot of cases, two really high-end options. Now, Canada happens to have a great team around its goaltenders, and we've seen Canadian goaltenders rise to the occasion in the past. Uh, behind a good team, but really fascinating to see that sort of difference uh, right now between what Canada's choosing from, at least from a perception standpoint, and what's coming in here from other countries this year. It's, um, you know, there will be a lot of talk about goaltending as a potential weakness for Canada. I don't think that's fair. I think it's easy to say it's not necessarily the reality or fair, but when you compare the pedigree of these guys, it's hard to argue otherwise. And here's the real kicker for Team Canada. They get back on the ice after the positive test and the uh, two-week quarantine, and they get a bit of practice time in. And then when all the teams arrive in Edmonton, this is not just because of Canada and and the tests, uh, all the nations, when they do land in Alberta, have to quarantine for a couple of days uh, in Edmonton in their hotel room. So it's not not over. But here's here, I'm just going to slide this out there. Real opportunity for the Canadians and the Americans and the Finns, everybody to just spend a little time on the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com, uh, Source for Sports Surrey, and just do a little bit of shopping while you're doing the quarantine. I was going to say that uh, it hits perfectly for both of our sponsors, Darren. They should probably all be going out and buying a <laughs> sense arena for those four or five days they're going to be stuck in their hotel rooms. Might as well get better at goaltending uh, while you're stuck in your hotel room and sense arena can help you do that. But as you said, by the time they arrive, it'll be the 13th. So That is going to be pretty close to the cutoff date for shipping. But because they're in Edmonton, they got a chance if they order something on the 13th. You never know. It's a close enough. And shipping is going to be an issue this year, folks. We've seen it around the world. Uh, More online ordering than ever before coming off Black Friday. A lot of the shipping companies are inundated. So before you place your order, make sure you check uh, with the guys at the hockey shop and hockeyshop.com to make sure that your item can get there in time. That said... There are savings that have carried over from the Black Friday sale and will basically run until the inventory is out that are definitely worth checking out. Cam highlights some special items that are great to put under the tree uh, or in a stocking, some of them smaller, some of them larger. But even if it's not for a Christmas gift, 
There are great savings that will continue at the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com right through Christmas. So even if you don't get it in time to get it under the tree for the goalie in your life, considering consider just getting it for yourself because there are bargains to be had. Uh, not just the ones we'll highlight today, but next week. We've got composite sticks next week we're going to tell you about that are just $65 right now at the hockey shop and the hockey shop.com. So make sure you look for those savings. Black Friday discounts are carrying over on a lot of the items, especially past year's models, and they'll be available whether it's to stuff under the tree for the goalie in your life or just for yourself, personal use, a little a little self-love, a little, a little, little self-reward. Yeah. Little re- retail goalie therapy. That's right. We could all use a little retail goalie therapy. And you can justify it to anybody who may be judging your purchases by all the money you're going to save right now at the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com. So, Hutch, uh, you are back on the ice for the first time in a while. A little bit of a, a skate filling in. Give me an idea of uh, of what you would like for your retail goalie therapy, and how did it go? Uh, I'm going to take the fifth on my session on the ice, boys. And uh, <laughs> but uh, what I would like for Christmas, or or what I hope a lot of people would like for Christmas to be some of their retail therapy, is a subscription to In Goal Premium. Uh, what a great gift for the goalie in your life! It is um, one of the most affordable ways you can. Enjoy the game of goaltending and become a better goaltender is by subscribing to In Goal Premium. It's 50 bucks Canadian for an entire year. And even better than that, you get access to all of our archives as well. So that means a full year of content the second you walk in the door, plus another year coming. And we've already got, for example, 50 pro reads up there with NHL goaltenders walking us through their saves, teaching us how to read the game. You could be giving that to uh, the favorite goalie in your life. All you have to do is head over to ingoalmag.com and you'll find the link for gift subscriptions. You can just set in the date that you want it to arrive, probably Christmas Day. You can set in a little message that you'd like to send and then uh, your loved one will get a little email on Christmas morning saying, uh, welcome to the Ingoal Premium crowd and, uh, and we'd love to, uh, to have you join us. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, honestly, and as Hutch said, it's Canadian folks. Like for our American listeners on this podcast, like for you, Darren, that's like, like, it's like 60 cents a week. And every week you're going to get a, a video session breakdown, much like they would do with their goaltending coach, featuring an NHL goaltender walking th- you through why they made a save a certain way, why they played a situation, what depth they chose, why they went into the post, why they didn't go into the post. Like some of these breakdowns just to help you understand how NHL goalies process the game and and provide tips that you can take onto the ice yourself, whether it's Hutch uh, skating against his son's team first time on the ice in over a year, whether it's beer leaguers, whether it's junior players. We have other pros Uh, especially from Europe that have subscribed and sent us notes about all the details that they've taken away from the pro read segment, as well as gear tips. Um, We've had pros that have tried our gear tips and custom options in gear, like ways to tweak your gear. They've tried that. Uh, We've got uh, pro drills, uh, pro tips, little things on, on, on whether it's skating movements or recovery, like just pretty much everything you could ask for as a goaltender is in there. And like I said, 
I mean, do the conversion for our American clients. It's it's like a it's like less it's less than a cup of coffee a week. Like you can't even go to Starbucks for what you get this for. So um, yeah, and, and there's there's no carbon footprint either, right, Hutch? You being a, a real stickler for the environment. Oh, geez. The people who are real tech nerds are going to check up on me. I got to be careful about that. Oh, you know, the data point. centers, are we well, getting our data from the right place? I'm gonna, also, now, I'm, they, now I have to go looking into this, Darren. Thank you very also, much. Also, last, last, well, last thing we want is them checking out my garage to see what see how much gas I burn on the way to the rink. We've heard stories of Woody arriving late at 100 miles an hour with the supercharged V6. That might uh, that, that might not help with the carbon footprint. But listen, I can tell you one thing for sure. You don't have to worry about shipping deadlines. You order this thing, you're in a panic right up till December 23rd, and you want to make sure the goalie in your life is happy on December 25th. Technically, we'll be checking it. That's how I shop. We'll be checking at 11.59 on the 24th if anybody wants to make an order. Yeah. So if you're in a jam to make the goalie in your life happy, we can help you. When uh, Woody said emissions coming from his garage, I didn't think he was talking about his car. I thought it was uh, the, the various amounts of gear that, uh, that are just uh, <laughs> no, the aroma. Now, now we're going to get uh, a so hockey shop segment on all the things you can do to spray down your gear. So that add that to the list, Woody. Yes. You know I've got an answer to that. I know. It's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, before we get to, to that, we let's uh, check out what's going on with Cam. And a little bit of a, a twist uh, and a separator. We've done the chesties. Uh, we've got the sticks coming up. But uh, because we're in that sweet spot for ordering Christmas items, we thought we'd spend some time going through a little selection of uh, good gift ideas, stocking stuffers, and items that can be put under the tree. It's the gear segment presented by The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports, Surrey. Here's Cam and Woody. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports here in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia, the suburbs of Vancouver. Of course, you can find them at thehockeyshop.com. It's December, and that means we're going Christmas shopping with Cam. So, Hi, Cam. What's on your Christmas wish list this year? Well, there's a couple things that I definitely think that every goalie should have. Uh, first of all, why tape your stick? when you can just add a grip right to the top of it. Tactimac grips, perfect for that goalie. Always looking for a little bit better grip inside my glove. One thing that we've highlighted before. Ooh, we know these. I'll definitely go for a lizard skid glove. In the bin. What Liz else do I need? Lizard skin gloves. Of course, we've had reviews up at these at NH, at, uh, ingoldmag.com before just gives you a little extra grip what's the price point on these right now cam you are looking at 30 dollars. perfect stocking stuffer or for under the tree all right what's next well if you're like me it's sweat a lot when you play it's always good to have extra sweatbands and that's one thing that we got a lot of at the shop right now if you're like cam you actually sweat a lot just doing this filming this segment every week sweating huge right now Definitely add that to the Christmas wish list. And not just because he's a heavy sweater, but because he's nervous. <laughs> and because I like the thought of additional protection, goalie ball in particular. In particular. Keep your fingers safe. Of course, we've talked about the goalie block before. We've seen it on Sergei Bobrovsky's stick, uh, even on his, on his practice stick. 
technically actually approved, folks don't seem to know this, but approved for NHL use in games. We haven't seen a guy actually pull it out, but Kay gave that seal of approval quietly last year. So goalie block is another perfect stocking stuffer for the goalie in your life. One What's more. next? One more quick hit accessory. Oh, we like quick hit accessories. L toe ties. Elastic toe ties in particular. This one's for you, Darren Millard. The Bauer elastic toe ties. I find these work great. They go onto basically any pad. You're removing your stock laces and attaching these guys in. They just tie them via a knot. Great to help relieve stress off the hips. It's much quicker and easier to do up. And just an awesome little stocking stuffer. Okay, so are we, do you still have the Brian's as well for those that wanna maybe try? That was another model that we had looked at quite closely. As an alternate option as well, and especially if you're a Brian's fan, we also carry the Brian's elastic toe tie. And of course, the, what we liked about that one was the fact that you could actually add a little gap quite easily using the leather tab at the top. You can slide it down and sort of create a toe tie gap on your pads. And again, much like the Bauer, it will fit on pretty much any pad. So there's a good example of it. On the, for those watching on the simulcast, there's a good example of what it looks like. And you can slide that little leather tab up and down to create because some guys, even with the elastic, still want to have a bit of a gap there. Perfect, Cam. So, your basket's filling up pretty good there, Cam. You know what? I think this all seems pretty pennies in comparison to kind of what I was thinking. Though. Big ticket item time. Big ticket item time, because what, what's Christmas without big ticket under the tree? I think it's time for some pads. We have the CCM P2.9 on clear out. We have some good sizes and some good colors off the wall. Not usually the hugest Boston fan, but I think this colorway is kind of nice, so we'll go with that. CCMP 2.9 is of course the step down from the Premier 2 uh, and with the access line now, and of course you can get access pads and E-Flex pads from top line down to the lower lines all at thehockeyshop.com, but with the access line out, the Premier line is on sale. What kind of savings are we talking about here, Cam? Close to half off. And still plenty of stock left. So for P2.9, P2.5, and it looks like they've even got a couple of Premier 2 Pro pads up at the top on sale. Uh, some great deals if you want to slide a full set of pads. A little tough to get under the tree. Well, a little tough to get in Cam's basket, but you can probably fit it under the tree. Uh, make sure you ask for Cam to help you gift wrap it personally. I've heard he's really good with the wrapping paper. I don't think you want me to wrap your presents. <laughs> I think one, one last one, again, sticking with the theme of CCM, uh, the CCM L1.9 mask that we've got on sale too. Great chance to grab a fiberglass mask, tons of protection, make sure your goalie's protected. Seal of approval. That is Cam's Christmas wish list. We'll have a list with links in the show notes and also below the YouTube video for those watching on the simulcast. Uh, a lot of this stuff on sale right now, uh, even though Black Friday is over, a lot of the, the CCM Premier line, uh, including this mask as well, will be on sale at the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com right through Christmas. Uh, when's the latest that we can order, say here in Canada, Cam, and expect to have stuff shipped and arrive in time for Christmas. You want to place those orders right away, but uh, I think you got about another week before our Christmas cutoff. So around the December 7th 
the 10th window is when the things get cut off? Correct. It gets close. Look for a posting from our mail order team quite soon with the official date. But as of right now, I would say at least, you know, December 7th to that 10th area is about the right, right schedule time. Well, that has been it for our Christmas wish list, Christmas item wish list. Of course, here at the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com, you don't have to be limited by Cam's imagination. Just take a look around as I pan through the store right now. There is no shortage of options. Gloves, sticks are a good item. Tough to wrap, tough to fit under the tree, but talk to many a pro goaltender that remembers getting sticks for Christmas. Jerseys, chest protectors, all the accessories Cam went over, pads, skates. I mean, we're just quite literally here in Goalie Utopia, surrounded by Christmas gift ideas. Cam, thanks for walking us through a few of yours. Look forward to catching up with you again next week at the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com. Thanks, Ken. I love two men and chesties. Looking forward to the sticks, but that right there, that segment, the gear segment with uh, Cam, over at the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com was fantastic because I didn't know what was coming next. I was kind of excited. You guys did the bungee court and then we get into the, the lizard glove and uh, we get into the mask, no dangler. So we can still work on it. Wasn't perfect, but, uh, but nothing ever is, but that was, that was really cool because I'm kind of going, what, what else is going to be on the, uh, in, in the, in the basket. But what do you have to admit? There's, I, I watched it and then I listened to it. And then I just listened to it again as we packaged the podcast. There was just one thing missing. And I can't quite, there's just in the, my spidey senses telling me there's something missing. Yeah. And it wasn't just that it was early in the morning and Cam was a little overtired. Eh? It was, uh, we were missing our director <laughs> this week. Um, Brett, I believe his last name is McKay. Uh, you don't see him on camera, but he makes it all the magic happen behind the scenes, keeping us in order, coming up with some great ideas for the funny little intros. And that's one thing that was missing this week, which is a great reminder. Those intros, actually, you probably wouldn't hear them on the podcast so much as you will see them on the simulcast video. So this is a great reminder to our listeners who haven't checked it out yet. Uh, we publish it on ingolmag.com. When we publish the podcast, we publish, uh, we embed the video. Uh, IGTV, Instagram TV on the, on the Ingol Media account. We publish it there. We basically do a simulcast video with some extra features highlighting the visuals behind the gear. And the guy who makes that really dance and really sing is Brett. Well, why wasn't Brett there this week? because he's already left, going to do his isolation to prepare to be an official at the World Junior Championship. So we talk a lot about Cam and his staff being hardcore goalies. That's why you go to the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com, because you're not just talking to some high school kid making minimum wage. These are guys who live and breathe the position and are passionate about it. Brett falls under that category, not only passionate about goaltending, but passionate enough about the sport that he's uh, that he officiates, and he officiates at such a level that he's getting a little time off from the hockey shop because he's working the World Junior Championships. That is like that is feather in the cap time. That's impressive. So we're gonna miss him on these segments, um, but congratulations to him on being uh, a part of that, and best of luck at the tournament itself. There's a guy that can handle a video review at the World Junior Championship when he's so good in the AV uh, on that side of things. So, Brett and company, uh, enjoy your time. 
in Edmonton at the World Junior Championship. Can't wait for you to get back. And you're right, being able to walk in there and uh, and have experts, people that have uh, been on the ice, uh, been in these situations, know what works, uh, know in a lot of cases what doesn't work and be able to guide you in the right way. But you get back to the gift ideas and, and what, I guess we all have a favorite thing that we have received for Christmas when it comes to sports and goaltending. Uh, I'll give you this, uh, Hutch. What what's something that jumps into your mind, or something that you'd kind of like to see under the tree this year? You know, guys. I mean, you know this as well as I do. Once you become a parent, everything changes, and it becomes more exciting to to give those gifts and to see the smile on your kids' faces. Totally wrong. <laughs> but maybe in your house, I'm absolutely okay, well, selfish. I'm with Darren. I'm like, okay, we'll send you guys something. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys something. Feed, feed, feed the I was beast just trying to weasel here. out of have to sending you guys a gift, but um. All that to say, um, my favorite Christmas gift is, uh, goes all the way back to being six years old, and I can imagine how happy my parents were when uh, they say me, saw me walk in, and uh, there was my first set of goalie gear. I had um, switched to playing goal as a very young boy, and for me, um, it was sort of a magical moment because that was, you know, when everybody's questioning Christmas at in kindergarten, uh, that was the day I was absolutely certain that Santa Claus was real. Because I knew my parents um, had no hope of affording the goaltending gear that was under the Christmas tree. And yet there it was. Um, I don't remember the setup all that well, but there was a Jacques Plante fiberglass mask. And that will tell you how old I am that I proudly wore for many years. And, uh, and that was the magic of Christmas for me, boys. And, and no, nobody's been able to top it since from, uh, from a goaltending perspective. That's awesome. The last piece of hockey equipment that I got for Christmas was a Ken Dryden replica mask uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, it, it was awesome. I've received two of them. Uh, one being a Phil, uh, who was it? A Wayne Stevenson uh, Flyers mask as well. So uh, those those have been in my adult uh, life, but so many over the course of the years. So Woody, what, what if you want something and you're, you're looking to tweak uh, and you're over at the hockey shop all the time. So you see all the latest and the greatest. What's something that you'd love to see under the Christmas tree this year for for Sir Woody? Oh, for me, I mean, and obviously we're spoiled in Ingle because we get the latest and greatest. Um, that's a tough one. I honestly like some skill, maybe a little flexibility in the hips. Maybe that brings us to an. Maybe that takes us, you know, not to go away from the hockey shop and all the great ideas there. But you know, if you've never had a chance, and this is actually a free gift idea for some people. Um, Maria Mountain is somebody who's done a lot of work with us over the years and, and is absolutely fantastic at what she does. And you can actually download her butterfly, you know, get a wider butterfly, um, butterfly challenge, butterfly challenge app for free and go through the exercises and in 14 days. So maybe actually, if we get to play hockey here, I doubt we will by January. Maybe if I, if I download the app or redownload it or fire it back up on Christmas day, then by mid-January, I'll actually be able to get back into a butterfly after basically spending the last 10 months without gold thing. So that, you know, the ability to sort of not get hurt at my age is important. And I think Maria is somebody who can help you with that. Of course, the other alternative is you, as we said earlier, get a subscription to In Goal Mag Premium. And we've got articles from Maria as well as Adam Francilia on some of the training things that can help you stay in shape. So I was thinking new hip, uh, the ability to actually catch a puck, better hands. But in, in this case, you act, there is an actual tangible thing you can do or get that will help you. And Maria's program, she has several different options that will help you actually stay healthy and, and better than new hips. I didn't grow up as a goalie, so I don't have memories of Christmas presents under the tree because that's not what I asked for. I wanted a new baseball mitt. 
But I got to say, if you are an Ingold Premium member, we'll, we'll, we'll reshare this one closer to Christmas. But go, go search the NHL goaltenders share their favorite Christmas gift story that we ran at this time last year. Uh, Carey Price talking about the set that he, you know, the accident, the accidentally found hidden away uh, one year, a, a red set of red Vons. Uh, there's so many good stories in there. Phoenix Copley's actually from the North Pole, Alaska, and he's got a great set, a great story about a, a pair of Heatons. Then we got Hedberg from Sweden getting a glove when he was eight and wearing it till he was 13, long after the best before date. Uh, he still has it back home in Lexington. He said it was still in the attic back home. So I think, well, I may not have a personal memory of gear. I think that right up to the NHL, when you get a chance to talk to these guys, they remember a piece of gear that either just because it, it fed their passion that much more, or in some cases, we've got guys where it's like, I think it was Corey Hirsch. It's like, I'd arrived. Like my parents invested in this next level of equipment and I knew that this was something I was taking steps and this was my next step to whether it was a rep team or whatever. Goalies and gear, man, it goes hand in hand and there's just something about Christmas that makes it all the more magical. Darren, I know what I'm getting Woody for Christmas now. I'm going to gift wrap. No, I, well, I was going to say I was going to gift wrap him a period so he can get to the end of one of these sentences. That was about a five minute <laughs> sentence there, Woody. That was awesome. For, for a guy that didn't yeah, get gifts. Right. And I can afford, I can afford the period. No problem. I, uh, I was thinking, um, trying to imagine what uh, the frustration in the Woody family would be, uh, would be like as everybody's unwrapping their presents on Christmas morning and he's going through the stretching regimen for the butterfly challenge after foam rolling and everybody's trying to un undo their, no gifts, uh, no, their no, stockings nobody everything. gets to open their gifts till dad's done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sensorina uh, is obviously one of those things that can help us uh, through this tough time. Sensorina uh, presents our feature interview every week on In Goal Radio, the podcast. Uh, this week, in discussion with Zach Fucali. And before we get into this uh, conversation that uh, David Hutchison conducts, uh, just uh, it's it's not your your normal conversation and. It's not an interview. It's just a back and forth that uh, that really does bear uh, some scars, but also talks about some incredible accomplishments. And uh, this is a guy that's just still in his, his mid-20s, but it's nice to hear uh, some vulnerability uh, from the athletes uh, as we go along uh, as well, Hutch, before we get into the interview. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, having a conversation with Zach. I've known his uh, his business partner, and he's got a little sort of side venture um, that we get into in the interview. And I've known his business partner for seven or eight years now and uh, got the opportunity to have a conversation with Zach. And it was sort of a difficult one going in because you know that his story is sort of, you know, golden boy of goaltending. He had everything that you you would want as a youngster growing up from a high draft choice into major junior to top goaltender in major junior to a couple trips to the world juniors. And then drafted by his hometown Montreal Canadiens before things don't go probably according to his plan. I think when that's your trajectory, you think you're going to be playing in the NHL fairly quickly and still very much working towards that dream. Uh, it, it's not behind him by any means, but, uh, but it hasn't happened as quickly as maybe he would have liked to. And so to tell that story, um, I, I'm just really thankful to Zach. We had a conversation before it. I'm, I'm really thankful to him that he was uh, willing to get into that and willing to share those experiences because, you know, we all look up to these guys in the NHL and we think that 
life is all roses and you're one of the best in the, on the planet and, and living the dream that we all want to live. And, and we forget that there's a lot of trials and tribulations along the way. And to, to achieve that dream, you have to, everybody pretty much has to experience struggle at some point. I mean, even a guy like Carter Hart, who jumped into the NHL and had success at a very young age, told us about being cut from his midget AAA team and having to spend the season in midget AA and, and, and swallow that bitter pill. Um, there are difficult times for all goaltenders. And I'm really thankful that Zach was able to open up. And, and as you said, Darren, he, he showed some real vulnerability there. And, uh, and I, think, I think that's something we don't get from professional athletes very often. It is our feature interview on In Goal Radio, the podcast, presented by Sense Arena VR. From gold medals to grinding it out, Zach Bacali, in conversation with David Hutchison. Zach Fucali, welcome to the Ingold Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us today. There you go. No, it's good. I'm happy. Thank you very much. Uh, this is great. This is a really, really good podcast. Everybody that's a goalie knows uh, knows this, so I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Let's uh, let's begin at the beginning. Um, where? How did you get started as a goaltender? Where and and why? Um, yeah, I told this story, and and I surprised a few of my my buddies uh, when I said this, but. Uh, you know, when we first start out, there are no goalies. And um, at the, the, the last game of that little season, that little shortened season, there, there was a little all-star game, and then the, the, the goalies were suited up for the first time and stuff. And one of the guys didn't show up. And, and one of my buddy's dads, he knew I, I liked like Marty Berdur and the gear and the masks and stuff. And uh, I ended up uh, – he came to see me and said, Zach, you want to try out being a goalie? Uh, at this point, I'm six or seven years old. Uh, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. So they just strapped on pads on top of my player pads, uh, oh, put put an extra chest protector on top of my player uh, <laughs> shoulder pads. And yeah. then I was just out there. They changed gloves. They gave me a new stick. And I liked it. I guess I don't remember anything of that game. I, I don't know how, like, how it went. Six or seven years old doesn't really matter. And no. I, and then from then on, I just told my dad, yeah, next year I want to be a goalie. And then I was a goalie for a few years, went back as a forward in like second year, Adam, uh, I wanted to score a goal and ended up scoring a goal for you guys that are thinking I didn't. <laughs> and, uh, and then after that, yeah, I just came back goalie. I kind of said, yeah, I'm better off just staying goalie. And, uh, that's it. That's, that was my story. My, my, my buddy's dad knew I liked goalies and Marty Berdur and, and, you know, at the time it was Josie Theodore in Montreal. And he just came up to me when somebody was missing and I jumped in and had some fun. Good thing Kay Whitmore wasn't measuring equipment if you had your player shoulder pads underneath. Oh man, I was, uh, I don't know how bulky. I, I, I was, I grew up pretty lanky and skinny kids, so I might've needed it. I might've needed there it. There you go. Well, that's a good <laughs> tip for goaltenders now. You can wear two sets. <laughs> I don't know. Don't run that one through Kay. So you mentioned uh, Marty and Jose. Are those the two guys you looked up to growing up? Anybody else? Um, yeah, I think those were my two main influences uh, when I first started uh, as a goalie, uh, as a young guy, uh, was Marty Berdur's helmet and gear. I ended up, I still have it at home, the Marty Berdur, like signature helmet pretty much. Uh, and oh, nice. I also had the white and red Heatons for a year. Um, those were... I think my dad kept those. I don't know if we got rid of those. So I think my dad kept those. 
And oh, I hope so. uh, yeah, exactly, legendary. But uh, yeah, and in Montreal at the time was Jose Theodore, and um, I mean there were some battles in the playoffs with the Bruins and stuff. I, I can remember that uh, like it was yesterday. So those were my two main influences when I first started. Yeah. All right. So we've had you. We've had Marty on the podcast. We got to get Jose and make the. Uh, the trio. Yeah. Sure. I, I won't <laughs> say no to that. If you bring me on as a as a, just just a fly on the wall, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's fun. So, so the first set of gears that are the one you really remember are those old Heatons then? Well, I think that was my second set of gear because my first okay. one were, were DR. They were DR. It's funny because my, my younger sister was working on a, uh, a little documentary for school uh, on like a, her film class. And, and she showed me one of the pictures she put in there. It was me with like the DRs, like the old, nice. old, old. They were like way too short for me. It was hilarious that you mentioned uh my first set of gear because i saw it last night and i thought it was hilarious so <laughs> so you played your minor hockey through montreal and moved into junior with the halifax mooseheads and you had a fantastic career in halifax yeah i'd say it worked out well uh yeah. in junior it worked out pretty well uh ended up in a great organization halifax moosehead and uh, yeah, from right from the get go, I, I I started out as a 16 year old there, and I was supposed to play pretty minimal amount of games. They had a 19 year old there, uh, Trenzio. He was more experienced. He had he was 19. He was an experienced guy. And um, fortunately, he ended up having a, an injury that forced him out for the season, a uh, head injury. And you don't wish that upon anyone, obviously. Uh, but I was, I was just in, in that spot. I was in that area and I ended up playing a lot of games that year, 50 something. So it doesn't happen often as a 16 year old. And I was in a good spot. I rolled with it and it went well. So, uh, I think if, uh, if it didn't go well, my first few games, I don't think I might've had the chance to keep going, but it just, I just played well. So they kept the me going. Yeah. They just kept me, they just kept me going and going. And, uh, at some point I looked back and I had played, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 games in a row. And, just kept playing. So obviously I'm grateful my coaches had confidence in me, but uh, Eric Raymond, I guess, did a great job with me just keeping me focused uh, at that age and went well, the year one. So Eric Raymond was your goaltending coach there. We were talking yeah. about him offline. Yeah. And yeah. was that when you first started working with him or did you work with him before that in Montreal? Um, we had started working together from the moment I got drafted with the Mooseheads. So that summer before I played junior, uh, we got on a few times. Uh, he wanted to get to know me and I was lucky enough for him. He was, uh, he was living literally 10 minutes down the road where I grew up. So Perfect. it kind of worked out. We were both working in the same organization and said, Hey, Zach, we got some sessions in before even camp started. So he knew me, uh, going into it. And I think that helped because it kind of gained that relationship early. And I kind of, uh, when I got to Halifax, kind of completely unfamiliar territory, at least I had the goalie coach that I was friendly with and, and he understood who I was and he already knew a little base that we worked together. So I guess that really helped me out. And you sort of said it went pretty well in Halifax. For those people who don't know you very well, it went really well in Halifax. Yeah, pretty well, yeah. Yeah. Um, two appearances at the World Juniors and Ivan Halinka under 18 gold, uh, two trips to the Memorial Cup final, winning one of them. Um, mm -hmm. That's sort of the dream junior hockey career for a young Canadian goaltender, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't happen often. It really does. I, I do acknowledge that. I am super grateful that I got the opportunity to be in that spot. 
some some days I I feel really privileged I got to do that because at the end of the day a, our junior career is maximum five years. Not everybody gets to play at 16, and not everybody gets to play at 20. So it's uh, it's it was I was a really in a really privileged spot. I played in two great cities in junior Halifax and Quebec. Uh, you know we I hosted the Memorial Cup there uh, in Quebec my last year in the World Juniors and stuff. I mean yeah, I was in a privileged spot. I realized that I'm grateful I was given that opportunity, but uh, you know, that was a lot of work. It was a lot of work we put in my goalie coach and I, and it went really well. We had some great teams, but I certainly put in some work uh, in junior. That's for sure. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about that work, because I think a lot of people just sort of see the goals and assume they get achieved and it'll happen for them as well. But even as you rise up the ranks to junior hockey, some guys set themselves apart through the the work and the dedication and the focus. Um, what sort of work were you doing? What were your days like then? Um, <laughs> it's funny because I only kind of realize it now that um, in the summertime, I get more involved in coaching younger kids and camps and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't have my goalie school per se, but I, I help out one of my buddies here at Paramount Hockey in Laval. Um, Olivier? Yeah, Olivia. Yeah, you know him. It's it's a big school here, and so uh, I just I just come in and hop on the ice with them whenever they need help, right? So I realize that now that I'm helping with younger kids, uh, how much repetition I did with Eric at 15 and 16 and 17. Because now I I make them do it, and I'm like, okay, it's enough. But with Eric, <laughs> I would keep doing these these things over and over and over again, like. Like, honestly, looking back, I, I, I can't believe how many times you made me do the same thing uh, over and over. And it, it, was, it was good because for me, as, as a young goalie, I needed a lot of structure. And uh, that gave me a nice base. And in, in now at 25, that I call it my system to play. And um, I'm definitely grateful I got those reps in early because that really created a really solid base for me as a young guy. Uh, but that came through a lot of repetition that Eric and I worked from very, very simple drills to the basics. You know, uh, it, was, it, was, it was good for me. So movement drills mostly or we're talking everything? Uh, a lot of stuff with head movement where, and a lot of stuff at the post where the RVH was just, like starting I, I i believe that eric and i in the qmjhl i'm saying we're one of the first uh in the queue at this amount at this like time period that we're really using it and using it well we were doing a lot a lot a lot to learn and kind of do it obviously looking back it wasn't perfect and it's probably rudimentary to what we've kind of developed as goalies nowadays but a lot of it has to do with tracking I did a lot of movement with uh, my head and shoulders for tracking. I believe it's helped me now understand some principles. But uh, there was a lot of reps in terms of uh, we've did, we did a lot of uh, 911 plays, we called them, where uh, you're down and out and stuff like that, where we would just do repetitions. A lot of timing on breakaways as well, uh, timing and timing and over and over and over. But, um, yeah, I mean, we can go. I don't know if I can – really remember the specific drills but it really it really kind of resonated or kind of went around tracking uh mostly and you know seat cuts and kind of certain trajectories of the body to finish in either at the post or at a certain area uh i don't know i'm i'm 
I'm really digressing here. I'm not going on. No, right no, spot, it's but, awesome. You you got a goalie audience here, so digress away. But w- what I'm saying is, it's it was very axed on tracking and. Uh, Sounds like you're a little ahead of the game, both in terms of the uh, the RVH, which you're talking about, but tracking is, you know, something we've been talking about here for two or three years, but now, not for eight but years. For yeah, when I was 16, not many people were talking about that and your chin and your shoulders now it's mainstream everybody's talking about that but uh that's when i was really introduced to, to it um back then and and my my buddy eric Comrie, we played together the world juniors and stuff and right. he he was one of the guys with lyle that that really i'm gonna say pioneered or, or really started intensely on this and since i was close with eric at 18 we ended up having some pretty good conversations on that too Oh, nice. Yeah. He's a fantastic guy who's been great with us over the years. Oh, yeah. And so that must have been an interesting relationship as as a young 16-year-old working with your goalie coach because it sounds like the two of you were exploring some of this stuff together for the first time. Bit of a collaborative relationship. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Uh, I'd say so. Eric is uh, <laughs> definitely dedicated to the craft because we spent uh, countless, countless hours doing videos on uh, vi- video sessions on a bunch of different goalies, but a lot of a lot of the stuff uh, has to do with uh, Kid Henrik uh, as well. But we watched every single goalie uh, in the NHL. Some some days we would sit for hours and just watch the the goals of the night before that happened. And this was just our little routine where we would kind of how Go can I school. say this? I'm French, right? So I'm trying to find the right word. Uh, but we would always try and. Um, put our fingers on certain things to work on from all the goals we saw from the night before. And then we would watch all those things and then we would save them and watch them and film practice and watch it and then games and then watch it. And the video was huge. We did an insane amount of hours of video as well. Um, but yeah, for me, it was really repetition. And at 16 and 17, 18, uh, I did a shit ton of that. So, so let's talk about a couple of highlights in the junior career. Team Canada, playing, playing for your country. You, uh, you actually have, I believe, still hold the record for most wins at, in the World Junior Championships at eight over your two, your two years. You, you look at me like you're, not, you're surprised by I that. Didn't know. I, I didn't know that, but uh, that's, not, that, that's not very many. It's just eight, but uh, looking back, that a World Junior tournament is about five, five six games or, or so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's really great. I'm a lucky guy. I got to be in that situation. What's it like stepping onto the ice for the first time with the uh, the red and white on? Uh, so you you it's it's a, you kind of get um, you kind of get that feeling that you're representing something big. You're really in in something that's bigger than yourself, right? Uh, and I had the chance to wear it at the under 17s. That was kind of the first time uh, where. Um, at the U17 challenge, there's five clubs usually uh, from Canada. So, like, there's Quebec team, Ontario, West, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And I got to wear that for the first time, and that's why I was really, really excited about it. And then the next summer after that, it was um, the under-18 that we went to Czech Republic, and then you get to wear it again, and then we win that. And it really gives you that sense that uh, you're connecting with guys uh, the best players from the different leagues and you're getting together for something bigger, you know, instead of always being uh, like, let's say with the Quebec team. Now we're, we're connecting um, different areas of the country, putting them together. Now we're talking about some serious hockey teams. Right. 
And then you get to the world juniors at uh, 18 and 19. And, and now you're really feeling it. Like I'll give you an example. When we were in Sweden for the 2014 world juniors and we played the U S there, it was like a home game. Like it was, there was thousands of Canadians in Sweden, in Malmo, Sweden uh, to watch our games. Like I'm going to say a couple of thousand people. And that was wild. And, and that's when I really realized, like, this is a big thing. This is a big thing. And, and we lost that year, uh, I don't know, to Russia in the bronze medal game. So we finished fourth that year. Right. Uh, it was Vasilevsky on the other side. I don't know if you know him, but uh, we lost 2-1 yeah. that game. And it really motivated me for the next year after that because I was an underage at this point. And I realized how big it was and we were away and, and it really motivated me. It, it got me focused into a spot where I really wanted to participate in something big. And um, the next year rolled around and uh, got another chance to play. And um, this time it was in Montreal and in Toronto, which was absolutely insane. And uh, we had a great team, man. We just, we connected uh, great staff, great team. We just connected in all areas and, uh, went well, we went pretty well. It went very well. Gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> how does, uh, how do you balance that desire to step on the ice and enjoy the moment? Because this is an experience of the life of a lifetime. And yet, yeah. yet there's this intense pressure, not only to win, but, but frankly, in the first couple of games to keep the crease, because usually each guy gets a shot. Um, there's a lot of pressure and yet a lot of opportunity to enjoy something incredible. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question because I said just now, I said how I realized that it was something big and all that. But once you're, when you're actually in the tournament, it, it actually really doesn't feel like that because I have to give credit to like Hockey Canada in general because they're really good at taking care of everything, okay? So you feel like it's just, a normal day because everything is like shut out, you know, like you, and I also made a point to really not touch my phone and stuff. Like I had seen, yeah. uh, like, <laughs> I'm going to say like the abuse that past players have taken for, you know, missing uh, the net once, you know what I mean? Like, oh. you know, you miss the net and then people are bashing. Welcome so I, Canada. I made, yeah. So I made a point to really not touch my phone as much as I could, uh, which I did obviously, but I, I, I didn't really look into it that much. But I'll come back to what I was saying. You didn't feel like it was that much pressure because you were so immersed in what you were doing. Actually, that's how I felt. I was so immersed in what I was doing. And there was really no distraction because Hockey Canada takes care of everything. You know, from your family to people around you to the activities we do as, as a team and stuff. You didn't really feel it. So for me, it, it, I didn't feel that pressure. I, I just... I just felt privileged to be there. I felt grateful to be in it. And I was just proud to be part of the team. So for me, I was just focused to try and help the team somehow. And uh, I was given the opportunity to play. So I did my best. And I'm sure if I was in the the other role, uh, I would have just contributed as much as I can in that role as well. So I think that was why we won is that a lot of people put their egos aside and just put put in the work for the team. that's why well, well. Yeah, that's something we hear often when people talk about successful teams is 
especially for Canadians where there's so, such deep roster as possible? Is that putting the ego aside, exactly. accepting a role uh, for you being number one is a nice role to have? Um, what do you take out of that when you're working with some young kids? What, what, what do you talk to them about um, in terms of helping them become better goaltenders? Um, when I'm working with young kids, young kids nowadays, I, I, I tend to try and make them realize how important just the fundamentals are. Like uh, now that I, I've been in, in like the, the, the pros for a few years, I've, I've been through the ringer, as I say, like I've, I've been in the different leagues. I've seen, I've seen the world juniors. I've seen a lot of different things. I just realized that I was lucky enough to be shown all the fundamentals really early. And sometimes we try to get ahead of ourselves, but you can't, there's a lot of steps and process that goes through uh, a career to make it to the NHL or even have success at the NHL. So I just try just to answer your question, what I try and kind of share to the younger goalies is just don't look too far at just look at the little fundamentals, create a little system of your own, you know, create a little system that works for you and, Stick to that and don't try and just change your game and do what Pecorino did last night and quick and, and all that. Like, because you can't do it all. It, it, we're all different and we have to have our own little system. If you look at every goaltender in the NHL, there's, they literally, you can see it. You can tell what type of system they actually play and that gives them success. Well, it's true for a young guy too. Just try and explore what really works for you and create a little mini system of, three or four or five things max that really work for you. Just stick with those things as a circle. It just help you. You know, that kind of makes sense because as, as young goalies, we see like all these guys, in the NHL, they do this, they do this, they do this. And then, and then we get lost. And I've made the mistake of, of trying to change my game too much and just doesn't work at the end. You know, we, if you try and do everything, you're doing nothing. So for me, it was just about showing them that, Take a few things. It works for you. Create a little system. Less is more, you know? I'd love to unpack that sometime. What's a system look like and what are in them? But but let's just go back to you in the career a little bit. <laughs> sure. Sure. We'll have another podcast on systems. Well, yeah, for sure. That would be awesome. Uh, we could definitely be here for a long time. This is fun. Uh, just before we hit the that, though, if we could just tie those two pieces together. Um, you, you mentioned the fundamentals being so important in getting you started, yet something we're we're starting to hear a lot about now. Um, and, and you mentioned Andre Vasilevsky is sort of the rise of Russian goaltending. And some people attribute that to them having maybe less of a system growing up, less support, less coaching. And so they could sort of thrive as athletes before somebody imposed some structure on their game. Um, just what, what do you think about that? If, if having that system was so important for you early on? Yeah, I, I, I like that. I do. I think that figuring it out is a big, like, it's a big step. You have to figure it out sometime where it's like, uh, it's like anything. Like uh, you go to school, nobody's just going to show you everything. You, you have to sit down and figure it out and sometimes take some time and just think about it. Uh, so to think about how they did it, for example, with Russian goaltenders where they're so like, that I can just like go ahead, no structure. That's, that's great because at the end of the day, you're going to figure out your own little system by figuring it out by yourself. It might not be as structured as if somebody kind of imposed it on you, but in a way or another, you're going to find a way that, okay, when I do this, this is not it. This really doesn't work, no matter how athletic you are. And then you're going to make it 
it's just going to be a different type of system. You know what I mean? Whether you're athletic or not, it's just going to be different. But I totally agree with you that at some point you have to let all that fly out the window and say, you know what, you just got to figure it out because at the NHL, rarely does uh, it go according to plan. <laughs> and at the speed it's you want it to. It's not goalie school. It's not static shooting. It doesn't go at the speed you think, and uh, it never goes according to plan, and the shot never comes from where you expect it to come. You know what I'm saying? So you have to figure it out. You have to have an aspect of kind of IQ and smarts and and reads, and you got to figure it out. (laughs) We talked about having that sort of ideal Canadian experience, uh, the dream experience. Uh, Not only did you have two world juniors, but in between those two, I think it was that you were drafted first goaltender taken in the NHL draft by your hometown Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Um what does that feel like? What's draft day like when Montreal calls your name? Draft day was uh draft day was pretty awesome. Um it was in New Jersey, so not too far away from here. We drove down uh my Bella from Halifax was there, my whole family was there. I had, you know, countless people drove down to New Jersey. I even have family in New York, so it was it was a nice day. Um really special because you really don't know uh, what to expect. Uh, you go there, you see it on TV, all the teams are on the on the ice and they're talking and there's trades and we have a trade to announce and it's always a little buzz. Mm-hmm. There's that energy in the in the building where all the guys waiting to get drafted, there's that little nervousness. You, you can feel that, right? And uh, to be drafted with the Canadians, I'll be honest, if you look at the, the video of me, my reaction, I was like almost in shock. Like there was no... There was no reaction. I just got a straight face. I get up. I, I, I hugged my family. My dad had the bigger reaction, if you could find it. Yeah, it was really special because I, at first I didn't really realize what was going on. And then when they gave me the Montreal Canadiens jersey, that's when I realized, like, Jesus, this is like my dream from, from when I was six, seven, eight years old and playing mini sticks downstairs. Um, yeah, it, it was really special, man. I had a lot of people there. And it, 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 it clicked a few minutes, even a few hours after that. But I'm happy I got to, to live that and um, be part of the Canadians for five years, suit up in some preseason games, even suit up in, in real um, regular season games. Never got a chance to play in, in a real season game. But you know what? I, I, I was in those preseason games. I've, I've, I've been on the team for a short period of time, but it helped me learn a lot from that experience. And now that I moved on in other, other spots, um, it all started on draft day, man. And, and it's been a hell of a ride. It has been a hell of a ride, but it hasn't been what you expected. Maybe, um, you know, when no, the, 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 no, the dream no, changed and you're all. the one who said that, uh, the shots don't come where you expect them to come from in the NHL. And maybe uh, some other things haven't come the way you expected them to come. Um, wh- what's it been like? Uh, well, when I met, when I said uh, they don't come from where you think in the NHL, well, compared to goalie school, yes. <laughs> that's what I would say. I know. Compared yeah, to yeah. goalie school. It, it's actually it, it, from having the experience of having played in, in the ECHL and the AHL yeah. and, and seen some NHL action, uh, it's a little bit more clear at the NHL level. And most goalies will tell For you sure. that. Um, For sure. But okay, to, to come back to what you were saying, it didn't go according to plan. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you asked me at 18, when I got drafted, I was going to, I would say, Hey, look, I got a lot of work to do, but, um, and a lot of people asked me back then, like, is your job, is, is, is your goal to really take care of price job? Well, 
no, it wasn't to take Carey Price's job. It was just to play in the NHL. <laughs> you know, that was my goal. And, and when I first um, turned pro at 20, I remember I had a really early call-up in December. Uh, or, yeah, early December. I said, well, okay, here we go. And at that moment, I realized thinking like, okay, well, here we go. We're going to get it started. Um, but it didn't happen that way. And uh, I spent the whole year in, in, in St. John's. And then the next year after that, I was sent down to the ECHL. It was a little bit of a curveball for me. Didn't expect that. Uh, and I'll be the first to say that I had some really tough times that year. Uh, it was really dark for me. Uh, had a tough time. Had a lot of learning to do mentally. And um, if you look at my, at my journey before I got to the pros, uh, I, I had hit a little bit of adversity before in before junior, but in junior it was, I, I had a, I had a pretty good time uh, in terms of success and and you know wins and stuff like that. I did have some tougher periods in junior. Yes, we can go into those, but not really going into the pros. So going into the pros, that was my first really like it hits the fan hitting a brick wall type moment where I had a tough time my second year in Brampton. Um, and I, I had a lot of growing up to do. And um, I'm happy it happened to me at 21 years old because now I can honestly say that I've grown uh, an immense amount as a person, as a goalie. And I, I love my game where it's at right now. It can be better, but without that dark time at 21, where I didn't see it coming, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And uh, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of work to do still, but I'm happy that I went through that garbage time, not at the time, no. but now I'm, I'm, I'm happy I went through that. I, I grew a lot as a person. I, I really did. So um, it didn't go according to plan, uh, but you know what? I, I, I didn't really say much about what, what happened to me, but I, 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 had a, I, has a, I was really questioning on what I was doing and, and how come I wasn't playing in the NHL already and this and that, a lot of entitlement and a lot of, you know, some things that aren't very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went through some dark stuff, but who helped you, through you know, that? I, I, I moved on. Who helped, huh? who helped you through that? It's um, a good question. I, I, I'm going to say that at that time in my life, the biggest influence I had was, was my father. And he, he uh, there was a day that I'll remember my whole life. Uh, it was Niagara Falls that day. I was playing in Brampton, so I wasn't too far in Niagara. And my dad had a, um, a, a heart episode at 39. And, and now, again, at, at 49, a few years ago. And now he's very healthy and everything. There's been a nice turnaround. Uh, I'm not here to be doom and gloom. Uh, I was getting worried. My, my dad's super healthy now. He, no, no, he's doing really, really, really well. Uh, and people who know him can't recognize him. He's looking so, so sharp right now. But to go back to that story, there was a day uh, in Niagara where my dad came down after one of those uh, hospital visits. Um, and we shared a lot of information. He, I'm not going to go into everything we talked about, but he talked about his life and the lessons he's, he's learned and the lessons he's learned through those hard episodes and what he wants to change in the future. And he wanted to transmit information to his son that he believed was important. And that day really changed my life uh, for the better. And he made me realize 
um, a lot of the values that I've been living by, but I had forgot a little bit that I didn't um, kind of abide to my true beliefs um, for a while. Uh, I might have got lost a little bit, but my dad really brought me back and he, 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 he brought my true values back to the forefront and I ended up having uh, the chance to play at the Spengler Cup that year gave me a really nice boost in confidence. And the end of the year in Brampton went really, really well. And the playoffs were a real highlight of my um, season that year. And I really ended on a good note, even though it didn't start off very hot. And um, mentally, I was really, I was struggling. I was really searching for myself. So that day was a real big turning point. If we go about a TSN turning point for my life, I think that's a really good one. Um, and I talk about that day with my dad a lot. And um, that was one of the things that helped me get out of it, to answer your question. And uh, then I went on to have a good rest of the year. And that's it. That's, that's it. That's great. I'm so glad you, you had your father to, to turn to in those moments. It's important to have somebody. I use, I use my father in this situation, but could be a lot of people in different somebody else's life you know like it could be a friend or somebody you call like i had buddies that i called that you know i'd spend hours on the phone with because i just needed some help you know i think about my roommate jay gregoire like i'm grateful for that guy because he took the time for me when i was down and out and when he was down and out well you're damn sure i i made the call for him as well you know so that's that's cool everybody needs somebody in their corner you know yeah for sure and it, it's great that things are becoming healthier in the sense that we can talk about things. I mean, there was a time maybe, maybe guys felt a little less comfortable talking about things. It's so great that this is coming to the forefront now and people know that they should turn to somebody and can. Yeah, for sure. That's super important. Yep. So a lot of international success, uh, three Spangler cups, right? And two, two golds there. Yes, sir. Three Spangler cups. And one of them, we were so close, Man, I, I can't believe this happened. We lost in the final in a shootout, in like an eight or nine round shootout uh, at the Spangler Cup. It was wild, though. Like, I'm, I'm happy. It's a heartbreaker to lose a tournament in a shootout. But, geez, man, I love that. I love that place, Davos. The, the tournament, the team, it's, it's dope. It's really dope. It's interesting. You, you know, you've got a lot of international experience, and, and you must sort of turn to some of that experience to to help you when you're playing in North America, even though you're not really a guy who had a, has had any career over in Europe. I know you signed briefly last year before, before COVID stopped us all. Yeah. That was, uh, I was there for three weeks yeah. and I had to come back. So, but, uh, but do you lean on some of that international experience? I mean, it's a different game. I do. I do. I, I, um, I've learned a lot from playing different types of teams. Um, so I, I got the chance to play against, uh, Russian teams and, German teams and Finland and Switzerland and different leagues and different styles and different ice services and different places. Um, that's where, that's where I really, I find I have that experience at 25 years old that not many people has the chance to have. Um, and that was through a lot of uh, resilience. I find like I was just talking about that year. I had a tough time, but over the years, I've, I've had the chance to play at the Spengler Cup. I've had the chance to play playoffs in uh, the ECHL, in, in the Memorial Cup, in the World Juniors, and, and sit in, in different locker rooms. I was part of a Tampa Bay Lightning organization. I was with 
the Syracuse Crunch last year, but also with Vegas and the Canadians. And I've seen a lot of different things around the world, and I had the, the chance to be in, in Germany too. So I think at 25, I'm pretty well-traveled, and um, I'm happy I have that because to go back to your question, Dave, yeah, I do lean on that international experience because I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. I've seen a lot of different style. Yeah. I've seen a lot of stuff internationally. Um, and that's helped me uh, with my system that I was talking about earlier. The system I use to play, um, it's helped me a lot. I, I've eliminated a lot of things that I used to do that might have cost me uh, when I was younger and when I had some rougher years. But I find uh, last year I found a real nice recipe uh, for myself. Um, and that came through systemized play. And um, yeah, I learned a lot. But yes, that, that international experience. Well, you brought, has been it, you brought it back to systems here. So, what are, what are a couple of the ingredients to Zach's system? What have you, what have you learned to not yeah. do anymore? Well, or? you know what? It's, it's, it's way more simple than you think, you know, like. There's usually, there's usually three or four things in everybody's game that really is recurrent. And, and it just comes down to writing it down for me. Like, I had to really write down for, I don't know, a full year in a row where I was analyzing my games and I was saying, okay, well, this game was garbage. What, happened? what did I do? You know, what was I focused on? What did I do? I write it down. And then the games that went really well over and over, then you start writing it down and then you see some commonalities in all the different games. So, okay, well, if I'm doing this in all the games I'm doing well and I'm doing this on all the games I'm doing bad, how about, how about I stick to one, two, three, these are the commonalities. Right. Let's try this for a little while. And then next thing you know, you put a little string of games together and you kind of get focused in on those things. And then it kind of becomes a little bit more myopic on this is, this is, this is what brings me success. This is my bread and butter. This is my steak and eggs. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of trial and error, man. And now I'm on year six of my pro career. If, if it does start, if the year starts, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but, um, but I feel like I figured out a lot of things that, that I'd eliminate from my game. So I don't want um, you to give any secrets away here, but but can you tell us any specifics just for the goalie audience? <laughs> well, for me, there's no secrets, man. Everybody's the same, but just a little yeah. bit different. But for me, tracking is is huge, and a lot of people have different um, definitions of it and all that. But there is there is a certain aspect of tracking that helps your body move better. Um, that's been a real staple for me, uh, and patience aspect of and timing so patient and, and and timing kind of go together but when i'm focused on being set and i'm focused on being patient and i'm focused on tracking along with uh, some post play principles not just like like uh, how can i say like uh, molded in cement mm -hmm. like rigid. you know what i mean like yeah. i yeah not too rigid of rules but more like principles mm -hmm. When you, when you have those principles and you just go with the, 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 the not just okay, this, 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 and this, talking about a principle in general, things tend to generally go well, you know. And what I've found is by focusing on those three, four things that I just said, like tracking, being set, um, being patient, I find it just eliminates some of the stupid mistakes we would make normally. Um, that's the whole point of a system to me is to eliminate the one, two, three, maybe we can go up to eight or nine goals a year that you say this should never happen. 
But with a system, what you do is you eliminate the stupid human mistakes because you abide to a certain set of rules. You know what I mean? So if you go with the rules and the percentages and all that, it's going to eliminate the stupid mistakes and it's going to bring the high percentage where you feel the best at the forefront. You know what I'm trying to oh, say here? Sure. So it's amazing. You eliminate the low percentage stuff and you enhance the high percentage stuff with a system and all of a sudden you eliminated 10 goals out of your season. And what's 10 goals out of a season? The difference between a 903 and 923. Well, That's exactly. Only 10 goals, and, and something I think a lot of kids don't realize. You know, when you're young, uh, a good game to a bad game is, is, you know, six goals versus two goals. But those four goals are half a season of not good enough in, in the pros. I mean, as you say, 10 goals is the difference between a good season and an average season. Or a great season and an average season. I'm, I don't know if that's the exact number. No, it's number, not far but I off. We've done the numbers. Really long, it's, it's, no, it's amazing. it's not far, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, I remember talking with Dave Pryor on this in Vegas. Yep. When, I, I, when I first got to Vegas, we had some really long talks on video and all that. We were talking about that. And he said, hey, look, like, just this little thing might take off two goals in your season. If you execute it properly, it might take off two goals. And if we just work on this little thing here, very fundamental, very easy. We're going back to fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I was talking with, with younger goalies on this. It's a very simple little thing that you might think doesn't make a big difference. But at the end of the season, that's another three goals. But all of a sudden, we talk about five goals. And then for a long time, I was wondering, like, how come I'm always at this level? Maybe it was just I was missing those rules. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was just missing those little rules that I imposed on myself that I knew brought me success. I'm talking about a system again. By systemizing it, just eliminated the little mistakes I would make mentally or, you know, as a human being, we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> but then it enhanced what I thought brought me success. And all of a sudden, I kind of proved myself right in um, mm. my games in the playoffs where I'm so much more systemized playing in the playoffs the last five years and my numbers are better. And then you look at how I was feeling with this principle went better. It just went better than when you, you don't have that system, when you're just going around, you don't know where you're going. It's like, you're not going anywhere. And so at one point we talked systems and then we talked about Russians and sort of figuring it out for yourself. And, and those are two are tied together because you figured out your system and it's interesting. Now you've, you've signed with Washington and, uh, some of those things you figured out, it looks like go hand in hand with, with Scott Murray. You've looked at the stuff on our site that he's kindly put up there, and I know you've been in touch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it looks like there might be a good match there. I, mean, I, I certainly hope so, and uh, I can't really speak too far into this because haven't quite I haven't started. been on the ice with, with them, uh, right them. Uh, as of now, yeah. I haven't started with them. But uh, I really hope that it is a great fit. I think it's a great opportunity for myself um, as, you know, I'm 25 years old. I have some experience internationally and all that. But at the end of the day, I, I want to make it to the NHL. And I believe that from the talks I've had with them, there definitely could be a very, very good fit. And uh, I'm a hard worker. People who know me and have been around me know that I have, I have a good work ethic. I work very hard. I'm, I'm a fast learner. And um, I, hope, I hope that we get it started real soon so we get to work and and I get to learn and apply some new principles here and there and to improve my game and uh, go from there. But my goal has always been to play in the NHL and it's still alive and well inside this, uh, this mind right here inside this body. Absolutely. Keep dreaming, keep working and, and good things will happen. 
Uh, well, it's good. Good. I'm sure Scott's listening to this, so he knows you've done your homework on Ingol and and watched the seminar. You know, the vision leads the way, though you figured that out yourself a long time ago. Uh, so, so I'm sure you're. <laughs> well, off to good start. I mean, look, I, I, inter- I was introduced to that yeah, long before principle a while ago, but it's always it's never perfect, and I, I, I worked on it for years, and it's still not perfect. But we did uh, we did video on my sessions. And there were definitely some things I had to work on. And we, we talked about it. And with his experience, um, definitely there's some stuff I can definitely clean, uh, clean up in my game. So I'm always open to, to hearing from, from uh, coaches. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like oh, it's, it's exciting to have that opportunity uh, to know that you've got that foundation, to know you've done that work. And yet I would argue even to know, to realize that there's still work to be done. Um, you know, if you thought you were a For finished sure. product... And then you weren't quite where you wanted to be. Definitely yet. not. I'll tell you right now. I'm I'm far from done. <laughs> I'm far from done to kind of achieving that full uh, uh, that full potential. I find I find there's a lot of room there. So and the game's we'll, changed we'll a lot. We'll see how it goes. We'll start with one. The game's changed yeah. a lot in your six years as, as a pro. I mean, I went back and looked at uh, the list of guys who were in the NHL when you were drafted, and Jesus. there's some big names that yeah. are gone. And uh, how much <laughs> has the game changed? You've you've got to keep up. That's true. That's true. I mean, always learning. I, I, I really, I really believe in that, uh, that I'm always learning new things from new people, uh, reading up and studying and, 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 and learning and watching. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a biz, big aspect in terms of like, personally, that's, that's a big value for me to always learn, always, always be seeking something better for, for improvement and stuff like that. So I can see that. I think it's going to serve you really well. Um, I hope so. I hope so, Dave. <laughs> I hope so. Well, we'll be cheering for you. Um, so COVID has sort of kept a lot of us away from the rink, and maybe you've had a little bit more time to to focus on some of that outdoor stuff that that you love. Uh, tell us about your other project, Li- Living Sisu. Um, tell 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 us what you're up oh, to there. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I love sports in general. You know, I'm a goalie first. That's my priority. Uh, that's uh, that's what I love to do. Play hockey, but just sports in general for me, I'm, I'm big on anything outside. And, uh, one thing, uh, with my new dog, she's only one, uh, is she gets me out. And I'm, I really found a big passion for making sports accessible to people and educating on why it's so friggin' important to be outside and, and moving and being active. So you, you, you talked about living Sisu. Yeah. It's my new project. And uh, our, our mobile app, uh, by the time we release uh, this, this video, Dave, I hope our mobile app will be uh, in all the Apple, Apple store. Awesome. And, and Exciting. you're ahead Android of us. So our, our app is on the way. And uh, yeah, so we, we have three goals with living Sisu uh, is to educate people on why it's important to be active, making sports more accessible to people through our partners and all that. And lastly, it's to, activate help people have the opportunity activate their lifestyle and that's uh we've been having a lot of fun with that uh just to give a little background see what it means is a finish it's a finish word um dates all the way back to the vikings uh i'm pretty sure oh, nice and what it means is determination resilience tenacity perseverance um anything that has to do with inner strength like guts and grit uh so it's a it's a, it's a very strong concept in the finnish culture of the Sisu. And, uh, we thought it was great to incorporate that to the sports world. And that's why we uh, created living Sisu. 
So, no, we're having a lot of fun. Me is you and partner Olivia Gervais? Olivia Gervais is my partner and also Alex Atsaitis, which is another goalie. So three goalies starting Living Sisu. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's free. That's the beauty of it is want to make it accessible to people. So it's free. You get access to pretty awesome discounts in in the sports world and uh, some really cool stuff coming up. So I invite people to check us out, livingcc.com. It's it's really cool. And our app, if, if I hope that by next week, our app's going to be live. So I'm going to say it right out. I say, just go on the app store and all that and download the, our living CC app. I'm pretty sure you won't be disappointed. It's, it's pretty awesome. Awesome. For sure. Well, we'll, we'll leave a link for that. Um, with the, with the notes for everybody as well, Zach, for sure. Thank you. No, I appreciate hey, and that. I noticed one of, one of your partners is sense arena. Have you had a chance to check it out? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a sense arena here uh, at home. It's pretty dope. Uh, what's really surprising to me is this is their first like version. Yeah. Like they just came out with it and it's pretty impressive for something that just came out like first version like that. Like, I can only imagine two, three years when they kind of develop new things here and there, get a new system in. It's going to be pretty wild. So I, I was clearly impressed by it. And, uh, and they're also one of our partners with Living Sisu. So people, if you, if you want a nice discount on it, which I know right now they got a nice uh, Black Friday sale, but we're working on some cool stuff with Sensorina, but also a bunch of other different products. Well, every Ingle member got a, got a discount as well on that. Although I think oh, by the time awesome. we publish this, uh, the discount may be gone. Uh, Black Friday. Yeah, probably. Black Friday, eh? probably the Black Friday. <laughs> so they actually have a new version of the software that just came out last week. I don't know if you had a chance to check that's that out. Now, yeah. Some impressive changes. Awesome. But that's, that's what I'm saying is that they're, they're updating it a couple months in and like the progress is insane. So I can't wait where they bring this. I can't wait to see where they bring us in the future. Have you tried it before going on the ice yet? Uh, I never put it on the ice. To be honest with you, I'm a little scared to put it on the ice. I don't want to break no, it. No, I don't mean on the ice, but just sort of as a pre-ice warm-up or something like that. Um, well, I am only use it in the summer, okay. right? So, yes, I, I have dabbled a little bit in there, but there's definitely some more in-season stuff to kind of explore. Yeah. All right. Well, Zach, I really appreciate you taking all this time. I know we could talk for three, four hours about goaltending and, and maybe one day we can oh, that's no sit problem. down with a pint and do that and you can share the system. That's no problem. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, I guess we can get into that a little bit longer next time. But hey, look, Dave, I, I appreciate you having me on. I think it's cool. You even brought up my new project. I think that's really cool. It's exciting. Uh, but hey, it's it's something that's, that's really, uh, that really resonates with me because of the CSU principles, you know, like, perseverance, resilience, tenacity, you know, determination. Those are some of the core values with the community we're building. And that's some things that I had to really deploy throughout my career. And I probably will throughout my life again. And again, uh, we all have to have those uh, characteristics. So it really resonated with me. And uh, that's why I'm involved in this. I'm really proud of it. And it's, it's really fun. So again, thanks for having me on. And uh, if anybody has any questions or about gear, true or the pads, the fave, anything like that, just ask. we could be here for a while. <laughs> uh, no, another five hours. Jeez, I'm sorry, man. But That'd be hey, awesome. Dave, I'm I'm free next week. I'm free next there week. You go, part two. Back. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, no, it's uh, 
I'm accessible. You just send me a message on whatever friggin' platform you guys are on and I'm accessible. I'm, I'm glad to have some conversation. Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, the living Sisu principles are are helping you in this exciting new venture. And I know they're going to help you when you're on the ice next. And, uh, we look forward to seeing you have some great success in the Washington organization this year. Thank you, brother. I really, really appreciate that. Have a great night. Fun, interesting, kind of bearing soul uh, a little bit, your hockey soul, your goaltending soul uh, with Zachary Focali and uh, uh, and a fan of Ingle Radio, the podcast, Ingle Magazine, and we are a big fan of him. Uh, that uh, that performance uh, in the Memorial Cup in Saskatoon when he went to his first cup and the showdown, everything was about Seth Jones and Nathan McKinnon, but Focali stepped up and was was all world that year on a team of, of superstars with Halifax and then going back to the Memorial Cup uh, with the Quebec Ramparts uh, under the umbrella uh, and the watchful eye of, he wasn't the coach then, but uh, Patrick Watt, co-owner of the Quebec Ramparts. So he's uh, he's faced some pressure situations and is uh, committed to making this a go now uh, with the Washington Capitals organization and starting a, a chapter there, Hutch, that uh, that there's an opportunity here during uh, coming out of this COVID and this pause where guys are going to make uh, some strides where maybe you didn't expect them to to make and he's he's got an opportunity to to learn from a couple of guys and with a good organization yeah and 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 he's working hard and as we had the conversation it was uh, honestly a bit of a surprise when he brought up having worked early in his junior career uh, on on tracking and head trajectory uh, credited his his world junior partner Eric Comrie as as one of the guys who introduced that to him and and then of course it came up in the conversation that uh, it's going to be a, a good pairing I would think between him and and Scott Murray at the Washington Capitals because that's something he believes in vision leads the way as he says in the uh, in the seminar that we presented over at ingolmag.com uh, something Zach uh, told me that he'd he'd watched every minute of uh, in in preparation for the season I think he's deadly serious about making this his best year ever. And I think that uh, belief in tracking for him and, and Scott's background is going to be uh, a really good marriage for the two. The other thing, of course, that came out of that was that he's working on Sense Arena. And it almost feels like we're setting this up every week. Sense Arena kindly sponsoring um, the feature interview. Um, and then we we end up bumping into all these guys who are using it. And this was not set up by Sense Arena. We didn't go find it. I didn't know Zach used it until the morning uh, of the interview when I was just doing a little bit of background research. And, uh, and so as you heard in there, he's been using it and enjoying it. And, uh, and we actually shared our experiences over at ingolmag.com this week, finally got the review published, um, towards the end of their black Friday sale, about 7,000 words worth of, uh, all of our experiences that sort of walks you through what it's like. It's not just the marketing fluff on that page that shows you fluff. I shouldn't say, but you know what I mean? Just hit the key features. We walk you through the whole thing what it's like to uh, to pull it out of the box for the first time, get it up and going, what your experience is like as you walk through it, how you would use it in your training. You can get a real sense of what it's like to use Sense Arena and, uh, and the real game changer it can be for your, for your goaltending. And it's basically, you know, if you wanted that summary of the review for us, it was, yeah, it's not exactly the same as that on-ice experience. You are using mostly hands and it's mostly for for working on your tracking and, and saves and short movements, but it's an absolute game changer in that respect. I mean, what else can goaltenders do when they come home to work on their game? I mean, players are out in the backyard shooting a thousand pucks a night. Goaltenders are juggling, bouncing a ball off the wall. Those things are all really important. Don't get me wrong, but 
this is a game changer in terms of what you can do away from the rink to make yourself a better goaltender. And lots of pros around the world, lots of coaches around the world are digging in and really believing in what they're, they're using. And, and Zach was one of them, and it was uh, great to talk to him about it. And I think that you're, we're only going to increase the number of times we run into this um, anecdotally. Uh, as much as the Elvis Merzlikens interview is one that uh, the Sense Arena crew helped us set up, um, I think just guys we talk to are increasingly going to be also using this because guys I talk to and guys we talk to are asking me about it. And so they're interested in it and they're going to want to try it. I haven't had a chance to use it. Hutch, I, I, I'm actually quite grateful that I had a chance to read your review before uh, mine arrives because it gives me an opportunity. It really was like a how-to manual. I, I, I have a better idea of what to expect. And I know that the setup, judging from other people who've gone through it, can be at times a little trying. And you know me and technology, but you sort of helped walk us through not only what that setup's like, but then what the environment's like once you arrive there and how to use it. And so mine is on its way. But speaking of guys wanting to try it out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a little pit stop in Edmonton um, for the Edmonton Oilers goaltending coach Dustin Schwartz is going to check it out. Some guy named Carter Hart's going to check it out for us and give us some feedback on it uh, before it makes its way here. So I think as you see guys like that asking about it and wanting to try it out, I think we're going to run to more and more of these conversations where this just becomes a day to day for these guys. And, you know, part of this is, you know, we've heard a little bit of this. It's not cheap, right? Like, like, let's be open and honest. We had a great sale on the Black Friday where you could get the unit, the the actual Goldie to go box for pretty much less than it would cost you to buy the headset. But the monthly subscription at $90 for, a, you know, over the course of a year is not cheap. I think what you have to do is think about what Hutch just said when you're considering that. Yeah, okay, $90 a month is, you know, it's more than an Ingo Mag uh, premium subscription for sure. But what would it cost you to get on the ice one extra time in a month? It'd be a lot more than $90. And you sure as heck wouldn't be able to go out and do those drills, say, 20 times in a month or 30 times in a month like you would with a Sense Arena. So it really is, if you see it as that training tool possibility, the value of that $90 in terms of the use you'll get out of it when you compare it to what it costs you to actually be on the ice and experience the same thing for real, uh, I think it it starts to explain itself in a hurry. And just a reminder, um, guys, as we're asking everybody to get out there and uh, share the gift of in goal. All the reviews, including the Sense Arena review, all of the podcasts, including the video of Cam and Woody in the basement of Goalie Utopia, are open and unlocked over at ingoalmag.com. So while all the feature articles and the pro reads and so on you need to be a subscriber to, uh, you're still welcome to head over there and read that full review to watch the podcast and so on, uh, whether you're a member or not. I want to get back to Woody. He's going to get a game-used Carter Hart I hope he gets it signed. Sign the headset, headset Carter. Yeah, like, yeah. To my oh, buddy gosh, Woody, yeah, yeah. keep your head up. Something, something like that. That that's pretty cool. That Carter's going to get your your setup, and then then you'll be able to use it, and you'll be get be able to uh, sort of lean on on a goaltender and the National Hockey League. Well, I mean, I just hope they don't set it up for him because then the speed of the shots, I will I'll have to I'll have to dial it all back to the kids' ages to have any chance to catch or stop anything compared to him. But I think it just does speak to like obviously we have we have some pretty cool relationships here at Ingle and we built some pretty cool relationships with with Dustin Schwartz, the, the Edmonton Oilers goalie coach in particular, who's skating with Carter. And, you know, it goes two ways. It gives us an opportunity to let somebody who's interested in seeing what it's all about check it out. 
Um, but it also allows us to get feedback from those people. And I think those are the relationships that we try and leverage, not just for Ingle Mag pre, uh, premium member content, uh, and we hope to have some of that from them as well, uh, but also just for the reviews. Because if it's just me trying it, if it's just Hutch trying it, if it's just Darren trying it, like we have, we, we know a lot about, we've learned a lot about goalie equipment and we can relay that back. Um, you know, we think pretty articulately and, and in ways that have value to people, but we want other people's opinions. We want pros. We want junior kids trying our gear and skating in it for a week and giving us feedback. And this is just one more example where, you know, I think those relationships are going to pay off. We're going to get the feedback. They're going to get to try something out that would have been tougher to do on their own. Yeah, it's incredible the relationships that uh, that you guys have built up uh, through Ingoal Magazine, Hutch. How realistic is Sense Arena? After the review is published, uh, my son Maddie is a Bantam AAA goaltender, is training in the basement, and I happen to walk in. And all of a sudden, I hear him just say, whoa, and he took the headset off, and he looked at me and said, that was scary. I'm like, what? I just got hit in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it actually really? he said i almost felt it maybe i've been hitting the head so many times i just knew what it felt like but it, it actually startled him so uh, that's how realistic it is to a kid who plays the game well if you need a mask uh i i know where there's uh, a couple available over at the hockey shop the hockeyshop.com source for sports surrey because of our uh our gear segment today did he have a dangler on? I was, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> you, you know what? I actually, they actually now have this mode in the new one where you can review every save you've made from different perspectives. So, and I've done it, but I can't remember whether the virtual goalie in Sense Arena has a dangler on or not. Uh, Maddie wears one on the ice, though, Darren. You'll be you'll be happy to know that. Well, at least there's one smart hutch uh, one. in the household, uh, and I'm I'm thankful uh, for that. Uh, from the lineage of the World Junior Hockey Championship and Team Canada's success, uh, Carter Hart and, of course, Zachary Fukali, as we inch our way towards the 2021 tournament and good vibes and good wishes uh, towards Team Canada and all the participating nations. Uh, thanks for listening to In Goal Radio, the podcast. Uh, best of the season. And remember to get your orders in. The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, Source for Sports Surrey, and with Sense Arena. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>